As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Sound of the Loons, officially episode number two of 2024 and so much to talk about. We're only a handful of days into preseason for Minnesota United and I get to welcome interim head coach Cameron Knowles. Cam, I've gotten to talk to you a lot of times and now I get to say a head coach at the beginning of your name, but with the first team instead of the second team. So you're no stranger to being a head coach and running things. But first of all, how are you doing? How's the transition been? Just give us a little lowdown heading into uh, this preseason. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, an unexpected um, transition. But, you know, the first three or four days of preseason have gone really well. The attitude that the players have come in with, uh, the fitness level that they've come in with, you know, we've, we've really been able to just get on with things. Um, and so it's been it's been a great, uh, great first, you know, four days to the preseason. So when you found out that you were taking over this interim head coaching role, and I don't know how that all transitioned or how that went about for you as far as, you know, you know how much you knew in advance before, of course, all of us knew in advance. But when you find out that news, what changes for you? Sort of what's your mentality? Any sort of switches in your brain? That are like, how you're already a planner and organizer. You know what you're doing when you're at the helm. So what changes for you? Well, I mean... You know, we'd already been in the process of, of planning out some of the preseason anyway. You know, I knew I was going to be coming in and, and, and an assistant role, really, with the first team um, to start off the preseason. So some of that was already in, in, in play. We lost a couple other staff members as well. And so just trying to get everyone on the same page of what do we need and how do we execute so that the players see on, on day one that everything's buttoned up and, you know, the training's going to be good, the testing's going to be aligned, um, and we're not going to skip a beat. And so it was just figuring those little details out, you know, speaking to some of the senior players on the team as well, you know, to talk to them and just say, listen, I know this is unexpected. I know we're starting preseason. And, you know, I think it was probably what, 10 days or something at that time when I found out. Um, but, you know, let's, let's just get on with it. And so from, from day one, from the first meeting we had, um, like I said earlier, they've just been excellent. And when you look specifically at the way you even ended 2023, I mean, you were part of the first team staff and you had already been around the first team quite a bit anyways, you know, I mean, the integration, the cohesiveness, the working with first team players with the twos. So was it a smoother transition for you having been on the bench for the end of 2023 in that capacity? Did it not matter? Like, cause you already know all the guys, what was that a smooth transition for you? 
Yeah, I would like to say it's smooth. You know, I mean, there was a familiarity. I've been around a lot of the players before. Um, obviously, the end of last season when I first came here and I was working primarily with the first team, you know, three seasons ago, there's still a lot of players from from that group. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, the back and forth between the second team and the first team. So I think there was familiarity for the returning first team players. And like I mentioned the other day after training, there's familiarity for the young players that are coming into the preseason as well. You know, we have a number of uh second team and a few you know u19 academy players coming in so there's a familiarity for them to come into the group it's not as as daunting as well so it's been a good level from the returning players and the senior players and also a good level from from the younger guys as well what has the attitude been like from the groups and coming back in i always know i mean there's always this energy right when everybody gets back in the building together regardless of it's 20 below outside regardless of what the coaching situation there's just an energy about the players and the staff when they all get back together again, what's the attitude been like? Yeah, listen, fantastic. They're, they're, like you say, everyone, you know, they come back in and on the first few days, they're in different places at different times doing their medical testing. And, you know, the first time they get in the locker room together and they start sharing stories about, you know, what they've been doing in their off season. And it might be the first time some guys have communicated with, with each other for months, you know, so the, there is, there's an excitement, there's an energy, there's a newness to it. Um, you know, there's a lot of new staff as well, which are bringing a new energy to the group. And so it's it's been great. I mean, the players have been really good to work with. They've been really receptive um, to what we've been asking of them. And they're really doing a great job of just getting on with it. We talked to Will Trapp last week in the first episode of 2024. And of course, I mean, you know the kind of guy Will is, right? I mean, talk about a veteran leader and somebody just to have in the locker room in these types of scenarios and situations, whether it's a regular season or it's a little bit unusual in what you're, the challenges, some of the challenges you're facing. And he basically laid it out. I mean, he just said, look, it's on us at the end of the day, you know, that the attitude that we come in with, there's always ups and downs of seasons and challenges. He's been around a long time, much as you have. So you understand this is a business and, and nothing is ever maybe exactly as planned. How much do you lean on guys like Will Trapp, like Michael Boxel? And, and I loved what Will said also. He talked about being a leader and saying that, you know, you don't try to put people in roles that they're not suited for. So if Devin Pidelford has a way of leading and doing certain things that he's great at, let him do that. If Caden Clark has a way of leading and doing certain things, let him do that. Like bringing out the best in each other, regardless of how old they are, but how much do you lean on some of those quality leaders? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's a, that's a reason why that were you know, the first, some of the first people that I reached out to, you know, one to sort of get the pulse of those guys um, and two to, you know, just get the pulse of the group as a whole. Um, but they're, they're a big help, you know, in terms of setting expectations for coming in at a really high standard, you know, Will always comes in as one of the fittest players. And when you have an experienced guy, um, that is leading that from day one in terms of their preparation and what they've done in the off season, you know, it sets a standard for everyone else. So, you know, we've been fortunate to have, you know, a few older guys in the group that can, that can lift those guys up that can say, listen, business as usual, let's go and, and just get to work. So yeah, fortunate with that. Uh, you just talked about the mindset of the guys coming in, but what's the physical nature of these guys coming back in? Did you do a beep test? Like, what do we got going on over there in the first few days? How did everybody how did everybody fare in those first few days? Yeah, we do a, a, a version of a beep test. Um, for the guys in the standard overall was quite good. Um, did you, you make know. the goalies run it? No, oh. no. 
And and you know what? I think everyone everyone kind of wants the goalies in there because they want them to drop out first. So it sort of allows everyone else to, you know, start falling by the wayside. But um, no, the goalkeepers weren't in it. The standard was high. You could see that in the group. You know, no one was wanting to be like always with the beep test. No one wants to be the first one, first one out. Um, and and the guys pushed themselves. You know, Will Trap, like I said before. I think he led the group. Uh, Britton Fisher, actually, young center back with the second team, wasn't too far behind. And we've had a couple guys come in recently in the last couple of days that have, you know, missed it on the first day with the the whole team that have also come in and run it. You know, with two guys run it together, one guy run it on his own today, and that's never oh. and the standard for those guys has been excellent as well, probably above average for the group. You didn't jump in with him. You weren't like, hey, bud, I don't want you to run this by yourself. I'm going to jump in there. <laughs> If I try and jump in, the wheels will fall off pretty quick. <laughs> you should have thrown Manny in there. Oh, well, he's been trying to run some more. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> maybe he's, he's there. He needs a fitness test to see where he's at. Good, good. I think trying was the key word there. I appreciate that. Yeah. We all know how, how uh, the body kind of starts to deteriorate after a while, so I get it. But when you when you look at your future and how do you navigate your personal space in this in this facet, you've gotten in this flow and this drive and this comfort level with the twos and made so much progress and you're number two and felt like the chemistry and everything was flowing. Then you kind of get thrown into this role at the end of the 2023 on the bench with Sean McCauley. And then now here you are taking the helm of the first team. Where, where's your sort of mindset going into this? Um, I mean, it's funny. I just said this to someone earlier this morning. I'm kind of getting to live what, I talk about with some of our younger players, you know, you don't necessarily an opportunity doesn't always come when you think it is. You might have three, four, five really good performances as a player and think you should play your way into the team, but that's not how it works. You know, more often than not, it's an injury, it's a suspension, it's something like that that creates an opportunity. And then the work that you do before is what sets you up uh, for when the opportunity comes. And I think being in the second team environment with um, so much that's in flux all the time, you know, every day, week to week, what the squad looks like, training session on, on any given day, um, someone getting pulled out of a training session in the middle. You just be have this really flexible mindset and, and um, fortunate that myself and the staff we have, a lot of them have had those experiences where they're adaptable, you know, and so we just get on with it and put together a good day for the players um, and then, you know, focus on the next one. What are you most excited about heading into the preseason? I think you guys take off here to Tucson maybe in a few days. And then, of course, you're heading back here and then to Coachella for um, for some games. What are you most excited about now that the group is in when you look at 2024? I think it's always exciting when you get to see the team play against someone else. You know, it's it's one thing to be in here and especially how confined our space is with the dome, you know, and, and you're working often in smaller spaces and smaller groups to be able to get somewhere where we can really open the guys up, where we can see them in the 11 v 11 situations, where we can start to see them in different uh, systems of play and things like that. I think that's what's going to be exciting because, you know, the the intensity of how they've trained the last three or four days has been really, really good. And to, to see that then translate into a game, I think would be um, really satisfying. Yeah, I think when, um, and we've all been there, right? When you're training in these environments, especially during preseason and, not only are you kicking each other every day, but also at the same time, like you said, you're training inside. It's a little bit gray out and then you go into a gray dome. It's just the nature of the beast until you guys can get out of town. It just is what it is. And there's a lot of clubs that go through it, but there's something about getting into that fresh air, 
and the sunshine and then getting to train in a different environment. Do you think that plays a huge piece? Again, you've been around a long time as a player and a coach of just the change of scenery because preseason is long um, to, to kind of refresh everybody and get people rejuvenated in those different environments. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think it's, it's nice to get the group away. It's nice, especially when you have um, new players coming in that they then have a lot of time around each other to get to know each other. You know, they get to know the teammates and we have a decent returning core, but for those, those new guys, you know, to have a bit more familiarity with the group, that social time, um, and obviously to have the good weather and nice fields to be on, to train, to be outside, um, and just making sure then that we maximize that time, you know, because we will have to come here in between and then we go to Coachella. And by the time we get to Coachella, you're really looking ahead to how you're preparing for that first game of the season. So, but just being intentional specifically with this Tucson trip, because that's our real, real opportunity to load, load the guys. And then last but not least, just looking at MLS in 2024, when you look at how 2023 ended and Columbus crew and Wilfred Nancy and LAFC kind of up near the top again, the Western conference kind of, you know, a lot of moves being made in, in these, this window in this off season and teams, you know, shipping players out and getting some players in. What do you make of just the upcoming MLS season, the growth of this league? I know we've talked a lot in the past about the twos and the growth of MLS next pro and things like that, but when you look at MLS as a whole, for as long as you've been around it, what do you make of 2024 and sort of the growth of where we're at? Uh, it, it's it's truly unbelievable. I mean, the growth of the game in this country, you know, when I first came here to the States for college in what, 2000, 2001, something like that, um, you know, and where MLS was and then my first experience in MLS in 2005 and, you know, fraction of the teams that you have and even the divisions below, you know, you look at, how USL has grown and how MLS Next Pro has grown and just the overall growth in the country. But then when you start looking at the stadiums and the training facilities and the infrastructure that clubs are putting around their players, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, there's just so much opportunity here as a player and um, coaches, you know, all the staff that that are trying to to work in the game and have a career in the game. There's just so much opportunity now. So as you look to 2024, I mean, it's like every year that comes before it, the league just keeps getting better and better and better. And there's always, you know, a team, a group of teams that are raising the standard in, in some way. And um, it's fantastic to see the types of players that are coming into the league, to see uh, how teams are strengthening their squads in the offseason and how competitive it will be coming up. I mean, that's one thing we know to be true in MLS is, you know, the the parity there and, um when you look at the games, you know they're all going to be competitive. There's all going to be a lot of um, really good teams vying, you know, to make the playoffs come the end of the year. Awesome. Thank you, Cameron Knowles. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're rushing in, rushing out. You're probably trying to get some lunch in before the next session starts. So I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck uh, down in Tucson and in Coachella and, and on 2024, whatever that may look like. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, everybody, stay tuned. Segment number two coming up of Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health. I'm going to be joined by Caden Clark. MNUFC's March 2nd home opener against the crew will be here before you know it, and the excitement only ramps up from there. 2024 is packed with big matchups, including showdowns with LAFC, Seattle, Cincinnati, and more of MLS's finest. 
Between the first five and flex five ticket packages, there's never been a better way to see the Loons games you are most excited about. Learn more about these awesome deals at mnufc.com slash tickets. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment number two, Sound of the Loons, presented by Alina Health. And now good to be joined by, I would say, newcomer, Caden Clark, but it's kind of like newcomer, but a return to home, but you've been well-traveled for a 20-year-old at this point. So thank you, Caden, for joining me, first and foremost. I know you're extremely busy at these in these preseason days, so thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Of course happy to be on the podcast yeah awesome i you know what you probably got do you have like any ice wrapped around your legs are you feeling pretty good right now with the gym workouts and the two although i will say will trap spoke very highly of you in the last podcast about how hard you guys have been working leading up to this point so maybe this is like nothing new for you yeah no we i feel pretty good we uh, had a really good group in the off season um of a couple of players will devin pat sometimes boxy and z would come in so we've been getting after it um you know the last two and a half months so it's it's awesome to have you know a group to train with but then your teammates as well so it's been uh really successful and we all did really well on the fitness test um you know so it's good to have that that team camaraderie camaraderie uh you know going pretty early so yeah just had a great off season and body feels good just got stepped on a few times and it's cold out so you know how that goes but yeah. yeah you don't you don't love that walk between the uh the building and the dome they have it <laughs> i know how that feels yeah yeah exactly. um, so talk to me about this fitness test i mean i still can't believe you guys haven't convinced the goalies to join or like somehow manipulated that you know the fact that they should have to join even if they have a lower standard right. of what they need to meet uh, the fact that like Dane St. Clair just gets to stand on the sideline and just probably spew jokes and ridicule you guys just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. They should probably be in it a little bit. You know, it's not it's not bad for your goalie to get some fitness in. You never know when you'll need it, you know, so yeah. Well, it's just just to prove that you can, but maybe they don't even care. I don't know. It's the, <laughs> what's the mindset. Maybe they don't even care. They're more just like happy that they don't have to do it. So right, they're doing their own thing. They're doing their yeah. Own thing. They're they're doing their. Hey, all I have to say is I've seen those drills where they just consistently dive back and forth on their side over and over again for like a half hour and have to get back up. Like that doesn't look enjoyable either. So maybe I would take that that trade right. off for the leap test. Right. Right. So talk to me about your journey. I want to, because we, you know, the first time around with Minnesota United, when you were in the mix and then you went to New York, but like, you know, we didn't really get a chance to talk to you before that moment. What was your journey like? What was it like playing youth soccer in Minnesota? Then you have the Minnesota Thunder, then they get an MLS team. Like, what was your journey like as a youth soccer player in the state of Minnesota? Yeah, I'll kind of give you the rundown. Um, you know, cause I feel like people have asked me, but no one really knows like the whole, the whole story. So um obviously I was with Minnesota Thunder Academy um through my youth years and then left the club a year or two and then came back um played in the DA as well up until I was 13 I believe and then it, it was it was at a pivotal point where um Minnesota got the professional team um and then we were just waiting like would they get an academy would they not there was rumors of maybe they'll have my age I was in 03 so I would have been U15 at the time I think um and it was like kind of waiting on that and then never happened. They went with the O fours. Mm -hmm. So by them starting with the O fours, like all my buddies, all my friends, like 
they're going to be a part of the team and everything. So, um, you know, it kind of, I was bummed out, of course, you want to be at home, you want to play for your, you know, your hometown club and in, in the academy at the, at that time. And it was at a pivotal point because Thunder or MTA was losing their DA ship, or that was a talk um, in the coming years, which they did. They went to East Minnell. So it was like, okay, what, what do we do here? You know? So <clears throat> fortunately enough, my dad, you know, uh, we were in contact with a couple of MLS clubs, um, uh, Barca Academy, of course. And that was the Barca Academy was really like a blind thing. Like, it was July 4th weekend in the summer. We were like, hey, let's just go down and see it. They have like a camp, like a trial camp where you could just sign up for. So we went and did that. Um, I did really well and then, uh, you know, got offered a scholarship there. And it was kind of like a leap of faith. You know, it's brand new. It's brand new. It's where RSL was at. Their academy was down there in Costa Grande. Arizona? Yep, Costa Grande, Arizona. Nice, nice, cool July 4th weekend in Arizona. Nice outdoor tryout. We walked out of the airport like a furnace. (laughs) It was awful. It was the worst thing. I'm like, what are we doing here? You know, Um, it's in the middle of nowhere as well. It's in Costa Grande. So it's about an hour south of Phoenix Airport. And then hour and a half north or an hour of Tucson, you know, so kind of in the middle of nowhere, you got about a Walmart in the town and everything. Uh, that's about it. Maybe a Chipotle. And then uh, so went down there, made the team and I'm 13 years old at this point. And it, it's like, do you really pass that up? We didn't know what it was exactly, but we knew it, it was going to be, you know, better than what I had here. Um, you know, so we did that. And that was obviously my decision at 13, but also family decision. You're 13 years old and your parents are letting you go. You know, it's not easy to do. Uh, I don't think it happens, you know, that often. So, you know, I'm thankful for them for letting me do that. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I developed very quickly there. Um, I played up very quickly there and, and got in a rhythm and, and a groove. And then, uh, you know, I just hit strides. And next year came up, played two years up in playoffs as well. I was 15 or playing U19s or four years up. 15 playing U19s um, in the playoffs. I scored three goals in three games in the group stage or maybe four goals, four games, something along those lines. Um, And then my sport or that sport director, the academy director of Barcelona Academy went to New York Red Bulls um, the following year. So that really bummed me out because he was like my main guy. Like we were like really good, like a second dad to me out in Arizona. Um, But then I got scouted from that playoffs to Wolfsburg. And the Wolfsburg scout came and they invited me for a trial. And as I'm there, uh, the academy director from Barcelona Academy got appointed to Red Bull, New York. He set it up like, hey, you're over there. Let's get you a trial at Leipzig since you're already in Germany. So I did a week in Wolfsburg, a week in Leipzig, um, did what did really well. And, and that's where they offered, you know, the pathway to to go from t- to New York, uh, USL, to, Leip- to Leipzig. And then obviously the things changed in between there um of going to the first team in new york to develop more get a, get a year or two uh playing first team and then come over so that was kind of the pathway um they set up for me and i would say you know it was it had a plan it was uh you know set up by by both clubs and it was you know i thought it was effective in the time i was there um you know and and trust me i, I wish i was here at a young age and i sat down with bill and adrian when i was you know 15 years old before i signed for uh or maybe it was 14 before I signed for New York. And it was like, 
this is our plan. And, and they just didn't have a team for me at the time, you know, so it made it very difficult. Uh, you know, they had four Madison and Wisconsin and you got to make that trip every weekend uh, for a game. And then, you know, obviously training maybe with the first team, I don't, there was, it was just like, there was no clarity around it. And that was kind of the, the hiccup that, you know, it, they're, they're trying to give me an opportunity and a chance, but it just, just the, nothing, not everything wasn't aligned, you know, and that, that kind of made it uh, difficult to do. When you look back at the, the pathway and you, you know, you restate it right there. What made you feel like this, you always wanted to take this pathway as opposed to playing college soccer or like, did you know this was always the pathway you wanted to take, whether it was an academy, whether it was over in Europe but with, you know, a younger age group, or you ended up in Leipzig or you ended up in Red Bulls, but even with Barca, like, did you always know that you wanted to go in that direction and not do the college soccer thing in the United States? Or were you still just feeling it out at that point? Yeah, that's a good question. I got that asked yesterday by, by one of my teammates. And I think it's, uh, I think when I was around 14, 15, I kind of <clears throat> knew I could go to another level. Then uh, some of my teammates that were going to top colleges like Duke and, and the best in the country. And, um, you know, I, I thought about it and I never went on a visit, but the first day, the portal, not the portal, the, when I'm a junior, when I was a junior, they could talk to me, <clears throat> you know, I got flooded with every school and it was like, it was, it was awesome to be acknowledged and, and to know that, you know, they want you and everything. And I remember talking to my dad about it and this is right on the time I was going to, I went to Germany already. So this is kind of the time of like already been there and they really like me. So at that 15, 16 point, I was like, I think I got to go this route. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad loved him to death. He he didn't, he goes, you're not, you're not getting on a plane to go visit a college. Like you're just, you're not, you know, this is New York is New York and Leipzig. This is going to happen. You're already in talks with them. You know, it doesn't make sense, you know? So um, do I wish I would have, of course, a part of me, you know, I think that's, it's, it's part of everyone's life, you know, and I, I wish you, you could experience certain things, of course, but I wouldn't trade it for anything right now. Right. I mean, you can't, I mean, hindsight is different and, and you wouldn't trade the experiences you've already had. I just wondered if that was part of the thought process of the pathway to begin with and not necessarily like, you know, just the soccer, it can just be from like a life perspective or experience perspective or like what you right. even maybe like at high school, you know, having left when you were at such a young age, like what you experienced in middle school and high school and those different sort of like life experiences as a kid. Um, my nephew right now, he plays, you know, hockey and he went away instead of playing for his high school team. So we have this discussion all the time, like, but you never know. I mean, each person's situation is different and each, you know, you, you got to do what is right for you in those moments. I just wondered if it was part of the pathway or the discussion of the pathway in the, in the beginning. I would say no, because we kind of positioned myself at Barca Academy because I was going to go to Philly. I was going to go to uh, other academy, Portland as well. And uh, it, the Barca Academy kind of allowed it. Well, Minnesota still retained my rights, but if I went there, I think we thought that I wouldn't be tied to a team, which gave me more freedom to to go somewhere else in 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 MLS or outside as well. Um, so I think that was kind of thought process, which kind of makes me think that I wasn't planning, or you know, we weren't planning on on going to college, um, you know. And then looking back on it now, it's kind of crazy to to make that bet on a thirteen or fourteen year old, but uh, you know, it paid off. Well, and when you look at your your journey and what you've already done and you're only 20, you know, like the life experiences that you've already had and the wisdom that you've probably gained from lessons that you've learned and 
different coaches, different styles, different countries, different languages, different everything, you know, that you've done to this point, what was the motivation? What was the deciding factor? How, after all that, did you end up in Minnesota? And also, like, what what did you learn from those other experiences going overseas and and playing? Yeah, I'll answer the first one. Um, I think I was at a time where, you know, Rebel Life, they own you. It's a big club, Rebel Life State. They have top players in the world. And I was very fortunate to be there for the time that I was. And it was more or less like, I needed game time. I was coming off an injury um, from New York. You know, I had a pretty bad back injury that kept me out for a couple of months um, that I got with the national team. And and I think it was just at a point where I wanted to play. You know, I need I need to play. I'm 20 years old. You know, maybe if I was 30, different story, you know, you you know, so I think 20 years old, I missed a year of development because of that back injury um, and some other reasons as well. And I think it was just a time where I sat down with Adrian in the summer. They invited me in for training to keep me fit um, before I went back to Europe and they liked what they saw. And I think, uh, you know, I, I fit pretty well in uh, with what he was doing. And it was just kind of like that talk. And and Adrian's always been there for me, um, even when I was in New York uh, and in Leipzig as well. We would text or get dinner. Uh, just just as a as a role model, you know, he was for me because he had a great career as well. And he's been through similar things. And I think just having someone like that is crucial. So I was very tight with Adrian. And I think, uh, you know, we sat down in the summer and just talked about, you know, the game plan going forward and what he thought would be good for me. And I talked with my family and I thought as well, you know, I think coming home and reestablishing myself would be would be key, you know, I think to progress my career. Um, you know, instead of going on loan, the problem is sometimes when you go on loan to clubs, you know, they don't own you. And let's say an injury comes along, let's say, you, you know, you're not, you're not informed for three, four games, you know, they, they really don't have any incentive to, to not necessarily care for you, but you know, there's a different, there's a different um, approach to it. So I think just having a club that wants to invest in you and, and kind of help you develop your career, like I said, is, is crucial. What's it been like since you've been back? I mean, and and just looking ahead now, because I know you came back officially like in September, but, you know, you couldn't really start until this year. You've been training in the offseason with guys here. But what is it going to be like and how much are you looking forward to being in front of your family, being in front of your friends? What's it been like since you've been back here after traveling all over the place? What does that look like for you? Yeah, obviously, I've been home in some off seasons before where, you know, you have two months and stuff. But now it's kind of like it's it's fun. It's great, but it's kind of weird. You know, I I never had this much time to get dinner. with. My, I got dinner with my mom last night, like random, like, you know, normally everything when I come home is for a week or two days or off season. Like I said, it's longer, but you're trying to get everything in so quick. You're trying to see your friends, your family, do your favorite restaurants, do everything you can. You know, so I think uh, for me, it's just it's amazing, you know, just having your support around you. You know, I know my parents have sacrificed a lot and they would fly to me to make sure I'm okay in Germany, uh, Denmark and, and New York, they'd be at every home game. So I think just having that support here, obviously I felt it, but I think being in season and, you know, them coming to every game, I can look over in the stands and, and they're there. And, and you know, it's just, there's no, there's you can just calm down a little bit, I think. And you just have everyone around you. I think that's the biggest thing is just your, your support system. When you played in New York, you scored some goals. You did really well with the first team there before you went to Leipzig. Like, what do you make of this league? I mean, you're still only 20, but you certainly, you know, when Minnesota got a team, you said, I think you were 13, correct? As an 03, were you like somewhere in that range, right? 
So what do you make of this league at this point to come back into it? You played with the Red Bulls, but then you went overseas to come back to where this league is right now, heading into 2024 and wanting to be back in, in MLS and a part of that. Yeah, I think it's obviously it's different than Europe, you know, just different play styles, different levels, just this whole, it's a different caliber, I would say, but I would say this league has really grown on young players. I think, you know, shipping them off, you know, which they shipped me off as well. And, and, you know, I think I, I would be lying to myself if that wasn't my goal again was to, you know, help this club do great things and, you know, obviously progress my career and, you know, hopefully be back over there um, in a couple of years time. I think that's that should be everyone's goal at this age. Um, you know, I, I think for me coming back, it's just it's just like I said, helping this team in the transition that it, that that they're in. I think, you know, just being a key player and trying to contribute as much as I can, like I did in New York. I think that's that's my biggest goal. When's the last time you played in front of your family or, or friends in, in Minnesota? Like a uh, real game. Maybe you you 13 DA game. Right? I, don't think, I couldn't even tell you like seven years. Yeah. I haven't yeah, been home. Yeah, I haven't been home for like a long time in seven years. So this is, you know, a treat for me to be here. Yeah. So like the first time you walk out at Allianz field and you step on the field and your fans, you know, your fans, your family, your friends and all that, jazz are in the stands like that's going to be i would i would imagine a pretty cool moment to be able to experience that with everybody of course uh, i've already thought about it and you know i just can't imagine the feeling that it's going to have um you know i kind of already have my first goal celebration you know i might go over to my parents and hug them you know i know where they're sitting i know i know where the tickets will be so I might go over there and give them a big hug you know and maybe i'll get a yellow card maybe i won't but it'll be worth it so what is uh what's it been like since Coming back in, I know you. Just, we just talked about this. You've been training in the off season as well. Will Trap, you know, spoke incredibly highly of your core group. I mean, I think he was like New Year's Day, day after Christmas, seven a.m. Yeah. These guys are showing up. They're putting yeah. in the time, putting in the work. Um, you know, no slouches in this group. What's it been like to get the guys back together? Everyone officially um, for preseason. You mentioned the fitness test, but what's the vibe around the group? Even with some of the uncertainty heading into it, what's the vibe? Hit the vibe. It's high. I think everyone's excited to get going. I think everyone's excited to get down to Tucson and get some games. I think the leaders in the group have done a great job. I think Cam has done a, a great job approaching the team and the mindset we should have. And I think as a as a coach, you know, the coach, of course, you have your tactics and, and what you want to do, but it's the players at the end of the day that take the charge. I think if you have that, you're going to be successful. You're going to get the job done. I think we do have that. I think the core players that we have have been through have been through it before in their career. Um, they've been at the club for a decent amount of time. So I think it's something new for us. I think it's just finding an identity and, and committing to it. And just to have that mindset of, you know, maybe I'll play a different role. Maybe someone else will, but you know, if we all chip in, it's going to, it's going to work out. And last but not least, like, how do you see yourself on this team? I mean, you can play just about any attacking position, but where do you see yourself most effectively contributing to this team in a positive way and what you can do? Yeah, I've asked this myself. Um, to be honest, of course, I love to play the middle. Um, I play the middle in Red Bull Leipzig and, and sometimes in New York or New York as well in national team. But I also can play out wide with the national team. So I think anywhere along those lines, um, you know, I can try to be effective. And I think, you know, I'm I'm not too picky. I don't mind either of them. You know, just just whatever I can can do to help a team and get on the pitch. Anybody since you've been in, I know you were around last year too, you know, at the end of the season. Um, but anybody since you've been back that you're, that you've really like, um, 
you know, gotten some good advice from or gotten. So I'm not that you've not been around professional teams, clearly. But, you know, this group that maybe you've really like latched on to like to like any words of wisdom or somebody's personality. I think, well, my locker's next to Will and Robin, and then Z's across from me and Boxel as well. So I'm in a really Dude, good. Have you gotten more out of Robin? Like, what are you getting out of this guy? Like, he's he... very, very little, very little. <laughs> you know, I talked to him a bit, but no, he's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, I would just say, you know, Z and, and Will have helped me a lot um, just kind of day by day. And I've talked to Hassani today about, you know, I, I'm coming from a different system. So sometimes it's hard for me to realize where to be at some moments because I'm so used to you know the high transition running through and behind and and here you know it's a bit slower and patient and kind of breaking them down so it's just kind of those little things that you got you can I can have the conversation with Pisani and he's given me some advice today but like I said it everyone's been great and everyone's helpful and honestly it's a really tight-knit group we have some young players that that make it really fun so I think it's uh it's gonna be a great year do you say the old players aren't fun no, they're awesome. I mean, well, <laughs> and all, I love them. They're great. They're great. No, I'm just kidding. I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got to rush off to something else, but I appreciate you taking the time. Look forward to seeing what 2024 looks like for you. I'm sure you're looking forward to getting into some warmer weather and kicking somebody else and not your own teammates for, for a little bit. But um, thanks so much, Caden, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, of course. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health. We will see you again next week. I believe the team will already be down in Tucson, so maybe there'll be some cactus and sunshine in the background for the next one. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in.